0: good afternoon and welcome to the weekly livestock market update i'm brownfield anchor reporter megan krebner with us as always to talk all things markets university of missouri scott brown good afternoon scott
1: good afternoon megan
0: as we get things started today uh livestock slaughter numbers came out uh yesterday today was a big day uh july cattle numbers cattle inventory numbers cattle on feed numbers cold storage came out today we'll talk about that next week but to kick things off, let's recap what happened this week in the
1: markets. Yeah, in cattle markets this week, uh, this week we had fed cattle that was down $1.40. Those feeder cattle auctions this week were anywhere from steady to $4 lower on the week. On the future side, the August live cattle futures contract was up $2.20. And we saw the August uh, feeder cattle futures contract up a little more than $5. And I think that had a little bit to do with uh, September corn futures that lost uh, 44 cents this week. On the beef side, the choice box beef price gained $1.65. I just wanna make sure I highlight that we now are talking about box beef prices that are $4 above year ago levels. So although we started the year below, it's nice to see that choice box beef price higher. I hope it translates into higher cattle prices. On the hog side, uh, barrels and gilts were $1.65 uh, higher this week in cash markets. The August lean hog features contract was up strong this week, up $8.65. And the pork cutout value was also stronger, up $6.15. Bellies really led the way, but there was strength across the board in those components on the pork side.
0: It's interesting watching what's going on on the cash side of things. We talk about the cattle side of things on a regular basis. We don't necessarily always get into cash hog numbers, but they've really steadily and consistently been rising week over week. And we're at some pretty impressive uh, levels in terms of cash hog prices.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think this all points back to the fact that uh, we're producing uh, pork at a much slower rate than we have for a few years. So I think the supply side has uh, uh, gotten in better shape and you know, you look at, uh, not not to get ahead on, on uh, livestock slaughter, but you look at production uh, that, that uh, last month was just about where we were a year ago uh, did I, I again strong I think there's some strong demand there but but also uh, we're cutting uh, the supply growth a lot on the pork side of the equation.
0: Let's take a look at weekly slaughter numbers before we get into those livestock slaughter numbers as we take a look uh, back at cattle and hog numbers for the week.
1: Yeah so for the week ending July 23rd USDA is calling for a run of 660 5,000 head of of cattle. That is down 9,000 head from last week, uh, but 10,000 head above where we were a year ago at this time. And on the hog side, we're on a 2.285 million head of hogs this week. That's up 30,000 head from last week's run, um, but 40,000 head below where we were a year ago at this time.
0: When we look percentage and change year over year, how are we sitting?
1: Yeah, so we see uh, cattle slaughter that's still up 1.1% relative to a year ago, year to date, and the pork side of the equation, hog slaughter uh, down 3.8% year to date.
0: Livestock Slaughter came out yesterday or Thursday. We're actually talking on Friday, so to make sure if folks are viewing this later, it came out on Thursday. As we take a look at those numbers, Scott, really, uh, you talked a little bit and previewed a little bit the pork side of things, but man, that was a big, big month for June for beef.
1: Absolutely. So another record uh, in terms of, of June beef production, 2.453 billion pounds, uh, the highest ever for, for the month of June is what we just put in the books. So that's 2.2% above where we were a year ago at this time. And when you look at the year-to-date production numbers, we're up 1.6%. Now, I think, you know, we have to remind ourselves on the beef side that uh, beef cow slaughter has been up as we've talked about some liquidation and we'll talk about further as we go here, but been important to that uh, record large beef production number. Now, on the hook side or pork production number, We are up one-tenth of 1% for June of this year relative to a year ago. Uh, Despite the fact we're down on hog slaughter, 1.3% in June relative to the previous year, weights were up 1.4%. So that got us a little more pork production. Um, When you look at year-to-date here on pork production, down 3%. And that's back to my point of, I think that's been helpful to some stronger uh, hog prices that we've seen.
0: Scott, as we talk about those hog weights, just briefly, are we kind of surprised, especially in the summer months, to see them tick back up uh, what they
1: did? Yes. So perhaps, yes, a little bit. I, I will say also surprised to see them tick up with high feed costs. Uh, you know, normally we talk about maybe uh, trying to get those hogs on the truck a little earlier when we're paying uh, 6 dollars for corn. But uh, we seem to be pushing those weights uh, in, in front of us. I think it just keeps providing us genetics, keep getting better. Um, and that has a little bit uh, to do with this trend of continuing uh, larger slaughter weights on the hog side of the equation.
0: All right, let's get into that July cattle inventory for those uh, that may need just a small reminder semi annual report comes out in January, comes out in July. This is our July report. And really, I would say, not any major surprises, anything that wasn't expected. So much in this report.
1: Yes, so I think it's really, Megan, confirmation that we're continuing the liquidation phase of, of the cattle industry. Um, and I think weather has something to, to, to do with where we sit here to today. Not, not exclusively, but, but important to the mix, especially as we're getting drier in, in places like Texas, Oklahoma, uh, Missouri, Southwest Missouri at least. Uh, but when you look at what we got out of the report uh, that came out today, so total beef cows uh, down 3.4%. Uh, sorry, 2.4% relative to, uh, to last July. Overall cattle inventory down 2%. Those all coming in pretty close to pre-report estimates in terms of those averages. Uh, beef heifer replacements uh, that down uh, 3.5%. Uh, tells, tells me that we're not holding uh, heifers back to try to get in the herd at this point in time. I just keep looking and I go, we're going to continue uh, to talk about uh, fewer uh, animals, slaughter-ready animals as we get further in the year. Now, USDA also did a little bit of revisions to last July's report. Um, maybe most importantly, beef cow inventory was uh, revised down 200,000 head uh, relative to what the original report would have said.
0: Before we talk about potential market implications that come from this, I want to talk cattle on feed numbers too, and we can kind of maybe lump those in there together because I don't think that it's going to change how we look at markets uh, through Q4 of this year and into the first quarter of 2023 and beyond. So let's talk cattle on feed numbers first.
1: Yeah, so we still have ample supplies of cattle on feed. When you look at July 1 on feed numbers, They were 100.4 of a year ago, so still fairly large inventories on feed, Uh, placements on feed. All right, so we had a fairly large pre-report estimate uh, all the way from 89.2 to 99.5. It's a little easier to fall in the middle of that when uh, you have such a large range, but uh, the the actual came in at uh, 97.6 of a year ago, so fewer placements in June, maybe not quite as as uh, much of a decline as as some pre-report estimates would have suggested. But again, confirmation, I think that we're gonna continue to see some lower placements going forward. It'll take us a while to get on feed inventories down, but one could look up next year and talk about a very different uh, situation than what we've come through thus far in 2022. So we're gonna get tight uh, in terms of, of cattle numbers. I don't care what you look at uh, in terms of these two reports today, but they all uh, spell disinvestment. When you look at the percentage of heifers on feed, uh, it's 39.2% of total on feed were heifers. All of that tells me we're not holding heifers back uh, yet again, just like the cattle report tells me we aren't holding younger heifers back either. So there's nothing here to me that signals we're doing anything other than than liquidating, and yes, weather has played a role here, but I think some lack of profitability has also been important in some cases.
0: Obviously, it takes a whole lot to turn that ship uh, very different than it does in other species, could we start to see, maybe it's in that January cattle inventory report, maybe if, if and this is a whole lot of like, let's look at your crystal ball, whether conditions improve. We see a better picture setting up on the grain side of things uh, that, that we could see producers saying, okay, uh, I've liquidated some or m- much of my herd, maybe, I'm going to start to keep some back or I want to start to get back in. How soon could that potentially play out?
1: Yeah. So I don't see us when we do January one counts of for 2023, anything other than further cuts in beef cow inventory. I, I think you're a, one of your assumptions of a better weather is, is already a card played. We don't have better weather. So it's, even if things do get better as they could from a weather perspective, I, I think uh, it takes us a while to turn that ship back in the other direction. So, you know, at best we got to get probably January 1 of 2024 to even start to consider uh, some type of, of growth. Uh, and, and I don't, don't see much incentive for, for that right now. So I think we're in this mode for a period of time. Um, and and could end up with some very uh, nice run-ups in terms of, of cattle prices. I hate to I hate to be too optimistic for folks, uh, but again, we're going to just be in a very different situation than the last few years that we've come through.
0: What does that potentially do for demand? Because in our current economic position, I would not think that super high beef prices on the retail side of things does great things for our ability to keep moving product. Did I lose you? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, you did. I am. I am now officially back. <laughs> I, I, was, I was
0: like, "That's not a really hard question, Scott." Bro, come on. <laughs> so sorry
1: for the uh, lack of uh, communication there, but you better uh, you better throw that question at me again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so my question is: This potentially, I'm assuming, sets us up for a really high run up in retail prices as well for for beef. How concerning is that, knowing what the current economic condition is? That we then see a, a a swap out or or looking for a more um, budget friendly item at the grocery store because ultimately that's the reality that we're in as well.
1: Yeah, so I, I so I think we want to be cautious uh, and and know that that's at play. I, I, I so I go at it this way. So we can get some retail price information from. Agricultural Marketing Service of USDA. And I think this tells an interesting picture. So when you look at uh, current week retail prices reported by AMS relative to a year ago, uh, for ground beef, and I, I picked 90% plus lean, um, t- today that price is 529 according to, to the AMS data. A year ago it was 471. Now, so that, that increase tells me we're getting some buy down, right? as consumers are more worried, uh, they're, they're purchasing less. Now let's go to a T-bone steak price that today uh, AMS says is 721 and the same week a year ago was 1050. So, so even within the beef framework, we're seeing some of that, that shifting. Now, uh, the one that bothers me is I can go get center cut pork chops for 242 according to AMS today. Last year, there were 303. Um, and, and my point is, do I want to buy 529 90% lean ground beef or 242 pork chops? Uh, so, so there is some of that trade-off that I think is going to happen. Uh, I, I don't mention chicken only because chicken prices have been fairly strong thus far. But uh, I, I, I think we have to watch that now. This recession to, to, to me and consumer demand generally or or this economic downturn, um, I, I think higher income consumers are more uh, isolated from the effects of that downturn. They probably tend to be the ones that are consuming the highest quality beef products. So maybe that's the other side of the, the, the situation that keeps uh, steak prices higher than otherwise would be the case. But I don't like record prices, which may be where we're headed because of short supplies. And I'd much rather talk about record prices because of strong demand. And and this uh, tight supply situation could could certainly create some longer term uh, issues for us on the demand side is. Maybe consumers find new products to replace those expensive beef products and they don't go back very quickly, or maybe even more important restaurants change menus and quit featuring beef maybe as much as we've seen over the last decade or so.
0: Man, it's definitely an interesting dynamic that's going to play out over the next six months to, I'm going to say, 36 months. I mean, I don't think we're going to pull out of this super fast in in any regard.
1: It, it, is, it is interesting just to watch how the combination of weather and tough times has made it difficult for any kind of, of expansion. And um, you, you just look ahead and go, what changes the dynamics here moving, moving forward? And again, you could end up with a very different beef situation. It may be decades for all this to, to, to play out sometimes, just given where we sit today.
0: Scott, that'll do it for us today. As we look ahead to next week, uh, we mentioned we'll talk cold storage numbers, which actually came out today as well. Around Friday. Um, and what else do we have?
1: Yeah, so we'll also get the restaurant performance index and also next week. So it's, it's not often, but uh, Economic Research Service providing us an update on farm production expenditures. So I'm really curious to see how inflation uh, comes through in those numbers in terms of uh, farm expenses.
0: Scott, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next Friday.
1: Sounds great, Megan.
0: So our weekly livestock market update delivered your email box every Saturday morning. Go to brownfieldagnews.com. If you have questions or comments, you can submit those as well. And if you want to take a look at what's going on on the grain side of things, check out our counterparts, Will Robinson and Ben Brown, with the weekly commodity market update on Tuesdays. Have a great weekend. I'm Megan Rebner for Brownfield.